Good morning and welcome to another episode of Standing Outside the Fire. You're here, I'm here, let's do this thing. At the beginning of every episode, I typically thank people for reaching out and communicating about the uh, podcast, and today can be no different, I guess, uh, that continues. I greatly appreciate it, and you know, hearing back from you all is very important to me and helpful in everything I've ever said in every other episode. So I appreciate it. I really do. And uh, I feel it's important for you all to know that. So thank you once again. Thank you for being here this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whatever it is for you when you're listening to it. Um, I typically tape these in the morning just because it's quiet in the house and quiet outside and so forth. So where should we start today? And I think today I'd like to start with a story. This weekend on Sunday, I was outside and I heard a chainsaw. And when I hear chainsaws, I won't lie to you, I get a little excited. Not in that way, you creeps. Anyway, uh, I was looking around trying to listen, and as I've told you before in this in the podcast, I'm I'm deaf in my left ear entirely, and so that makes it hard for me to pinpoint sounds sometimes. Uh, I've gotten used to it for the most part, but uh, so I figured out that this sound of the chainsaw was coming from my neighbor's house, a friend of mine. And so I walked over, and I peeked my head over. It was exactly like Tim the Tool Man, whatever the heck that TV show was, where the neighbor, I don't even remember his name, peeks over the, the fence all the time. But So he was cutting down a tree in his backyard. And I gave him a hard time because he knows full well that chainsaws are my thing, and, and I like chainsaws, and I've used them, and I'm pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, he was all apologetic about it. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I should have called you to help. And I said, no, you seems like you're doing a perfectly good job. There's no reason to call me, but I wasn't going to come over and, and not bust your balls because, well, it's me. And a few days later, the same neighbor sent me a text asking about the podcast, actually. He'd heard about it, and he was asking me what it was about, and then he apologized for not just going and looking for it. And I said, yeah, you don't don't need to apologize. Remember who you're dealing with. It's me, so don't don't sweat it. But what all of that got me thinking about was it got me thinking about asking for help. Our conversation led into some of the topics in the in the podcasts, and then I was mulling over the fact that, you know, he had said at one point, I, I should have known better, I should have given you a call, I, I need to be better about asking for help. And, you know, that really started me thinking about the whole idea of us as human beings asking for help. So tell me this, why is it so difficult for humans to ask for help? And maybe that's not the right way to put it. Maybe it's, why is it so difficult for Americans to ask for help? And maybe that's not even it. We can all joke about how males don't ask for directions and how males don't ask for help ever. They're going to do it themselves, whether they cause grave injury to themselves. But the fact is that there are women out there who, who do the same thing. And then we look into military families. We look to first responder families that are typically falling into those, those categories of not asking for help. For example, a friend of ours was deployed uh, several years ago. Um, he's also being deployed again here shortly. And the first go-around, his wife 
had two young boys and later on in this whole process um, sort of the tail end of his first deployment she was here came over we had a group of people at the at the house and she expressed to us how much of a hard time she'd been having and you know we immediately said look you call us anytime you know we'll come help you out it's it's a difficult situation and and that's true for any military family that has deployments and and mom or dad is gone for extended periods of time. But the military mentality is not one of, hey, uh, I really need help. I need I need a hand. And, you know, that was kind of the, the, the deal the first time around for, for this mother in particular. And another deployment is coming up not too long out now. And after finding out about the first go-round, you can be damn sure that that's not going to happen again. It might even be where we're overbearing. And I mean we as the community that, that supports her, her friends and family. And But you don't know what you don't know. It's the same thing with the, the chainsaw deal. I would have been happy to go over and help, but he didn't necessarily need it. And I think that's a critical piece of the puzzle is a lot of us in America don't think we need the help. And I can't speak to other countries. I know that in third world communities, you almost have to rely on one another to survive. Um, you know, if you go back to the, the caveman days, to be super scientific about it, there was this you know, hunter-gatherer perspective. I guess that was a little later than, than caveman. But, you know, when you're out hunting, that's competition in some respects. You're competing for the same, the same food, the same resource. So you're not going to help the next guy. But if you're out there farming... There is value in in working together and sort of this communal approach to things. And so we got into that when we were into the, the agricultural uh, era for, for humans. And then things got away from that. You know, we got into the, the technological ages. And I know I'm skipping a whole bunch of history, but go with me. And now it seems like we're more isolated than ever. And not only that, but... When I put something out on Facepage or Twitter or Instahooey, I want you to see the best side of me. I don't want you to see all of it. So I'm going to shut down and become even more isolated than I was before social media came into play. So I think we're even doing more of a disservice. But why is it so hard to ask for help? And I think there are a couple of components. I think the first thing is ego. Plain and simple, ego. And it doesn't mean that if you're inclined to not ask for help that you're an egomaniac. But none of us want to accept defeat. That's not human nature. We're, we're born and bred to win. Well, at least we were. Now everybody gets a ribbon just for showing up. Not that I'm bitter about it, but it's stupid. There should be winners and losers. There are winners and losers in life everywhere. Get over it. So for me, I know that when I'm in that moment of needing help, ego plays a huge role. No, I can do it myself, right? I've been saying that since I was three years old. You can ask my mom. I can do it myself. And that's a mentality that, that I've picked up. It's a, I'm resourceful, I'm resilient, I can I can take care of this. But the reality is that lifting a 300-pound uh, lawn tractor out of the back of my truck is not something I can do by myself. I mean, I can, but I'm going to suffer the consequences. And I think that's something that we'll have to, to look at too. But that's where the ego plays in. And then the next step, at least for me, comes in, which is, yeah, I, I can go ask my neighbor, who I was talking about earlier, who was cutting the tree down, to come help me. But his time is limited. He works six days a week. And on his seventh day, he's 
doing his own stuff at the house. So why would I want to go bother him? Or why would I want to go bother anybody? Why would I want to make a phone call and reach out and say, hey man, look, uh, I need some help today. Can you can you come by? Um, and the irony of all of that is one of the my other buddies who is an, a self-proclaimed egomaniac and nobody will disagree with him uh he's called me to have me come give him a hand with things that you know he might have been able to muscle himself but would have been a, a bad idea and so you know that that interplay of of ego and knowing yourself and knowing what you're capable of is an interesting component <laughs> So look, you have a situation where you need some help and you elect not to call the neighbor or you to call a friend, call your wife, call a buddy, call your son to help you out. And what happens? Well, you lift something you shouldn't, you drop it on your foot, you got a broken foot, right? Now you got to deal with life there. Or you lift something that's way too heavy for you, you blow out your back, now you have work issues and other issues, now you can't get around. Those are all worst case scenario deals, but here's an even broader issue. Let's say that you are in the habit of asking people for help when you think you need it, which Again, when you think you need it is, is the critical piece. But let's just say you're borderline and you the thought runs through your head. Hey, maybe I should get somebody to give me a hand. At that point, you should probably go get a hand, right? Ask for somebody to come give you, give you help. The bigger, broader piece is this, at least it was for me, is that I was not in the habit of asking for help. And then when I needed it, it was extremely difficult for me to do. And just like our friend whose uh, family has handled a deployment and will be handling another one, now they're set up for success and now that we know that she had a difficult time which let's be honest with you know a relative newborn and a three or four year old at the time being a single parent for a year hell being a single parent for a couple of days is difficult let alone a couple of months a year or uh, multiple years i guess uh for those of you single parents out there keep going uh, ask for help there's a community, as they say, it takes a village, and that's true. And that's true for everybody. It does take a village to make us and keep us good people, because otherwise we isolate and we shut down. And so something as simple as asking for help, lifting something out of the truck, what it does is it preps you for those times where you don't want to ask for help, right? You may have a death in the family, and you need to go to the funeral and you have pets and it's something as simple as that. It's one more burden that you could easily take off of your plate if you knew how to ask for help, if you'd been in the habit of asking for help and you'd reached out, whether that was through the phone, uh, in person. You know, a phone call and talking with people about things is hugely helpful to me. Well, why do you think I'm doing this podcast? Do you think I'm doing it for you? In some respects, I am. But in a huge respect, this is a massively selfish effort because I get to talk my life through. I get to talk my ideas. This is helping me. What you are witnessing right now is you are witnessing me helping myself. Think about that for a minute. You thought this was an altruistic, hey, I'm going to throw out information and let people think about things. 
No, you guys, this is very much for me. I sit in my room down on the bottom level of the house and I get to think and talk through my life. And if you don't think that's helpful to me, uh, I'm not sure what else to tell you. But that's a way that I have found helps me. And it helps me a lot. It doesn't help me as much as talking to, to you all face to face. That's why a cup of coffee and, and a half an hour of somebody's time is so helpful to me. In a world where we've become so disconnected, that's helpful, hugely helpful to me. There are communities that I run in that that's the whole point is we talk about what's going on in our lives, how we manage those, how we deal with those. That's why it's hugely important for me to stay connected to the first responder community. Let's shift gears for a minute. I'd like to talk about Lassie and Timmy. Yeah, from the, the show and the movie. So, why was it that Lassie ran for help when Timmy fell in the well? Why didn't Lassie just get Timmy out of the well? Lassie appears to be a super dog, can do all sorts of things that many humans can't. So why wouldn't Lassie just help Timmy? And granted, the episode or that portion of the movie would have been shorter, however... Uh, it still seems like a logical thing, right? Let's get Timmy the help he needs as soon as possible. Well, it's a silly question, right? Because of course Lassie couldn't help Timmy out of the well. Timmy was in a frickin' well. And Lassie doesn't have a rope, and even if Lassie did, Lassie doesn't have opposable thumbs to be able to throw, catch, grab, and pull Timmy out of the well. In a simple way, Lassie did what all of us should be doing, recognizing our limitations, and then going for help when we can't get Timmy out of the well. And there's so many things in our lives that I think a lot of us, myself included, believe that we are capable of doing, that we really aren't. And so we have to develop this, this better sense of self, uh, more self-awareness, to know that, look, I can't do this. Let me give you another example. Recently, within the last year or two, I redid the bathroom in our house. And... You know, I fancy myself a reasonable carpenter. Um, you know, I make some log furniture from time to time. I've done some framing for a company here in town uh, when I was working my 48-hour shifts and had some extra time on the, my four days. In any case, but I am not a tile guy. And what did we decide to do in the bathroom was to tile the surround on the, the tub and tile the floor and put in a new tub put in new hardware. We essentially redid the entire bathroom is, is what I'm getting at. Much of it, I have no idea what I was doing, honestly. And, and it shows to a certain extent. Of course, I see the little mistakes here and there that most people probably won't, unless I invite you over to the house now and you're going to scrutinize my bathroom skills uh, as far as the remodel. But in any case, I could have asked for help. I've got a buddy who lives down in Colorado who has done tile on a number of jobs, used to do it professionally or semi-professionally. Could I have called him and had him come up and help me? Absolutely. Did I? No. Why not? Well, for me, it was an inconvenience to him. You know, it was a whole day where he would have had to have come up, 
leave his family, leave his job, because he, he helps run his own business. And that was an inconvenience, and I really have a hang-up about inconveniencing people. So that, that was the one piece for me. Simple explanation of when I wasn't asking for help. Now, did I get through it? Yeah, I muddled through it. And it turned out okay. I mean, I'm pretty pleased with it. And I learned a lot. That's the thing. But it also took probably five times as long as a professional would have taken. And it probably has five times the errors or mistakes or the you know, the fit and finish might not be as, as good. But I ran that risk and I knew that. And I knew that I was putting time in because that's how I learn is by making mistakes and having to redo it and, and recut tile over and over again. And that was just my process. When was the last time that you built one of those pieces of furniture from Walmart, Target, you know, any of those particle board, twist turn kind of deals, desks or shelves or ottomans? Did you read the directions? Honestly, did you read the directions? Probably not. You tore into the, the fastener packet, right, that they have all vacuum sealed, and you threw the screws and bolts and nuts and stuff all over the place, and you started putting stuff together. Because it's easy, right? It shouldn't be hard to put together a three-shelf unit, right? You just put it together. Well, what I learned over years and years of failing to read the directions was that, lo and behold, when I do read the directions, things go a lot smoother and things go a lot quicker and the finished product is typically better and it took me years and years and years of being egotistical in my own living room where nobody else was watching nobody else cared whether I read the directions or not but my own brain was telling me that I didn't need the help of the stupid instructions and so after a while uh, I found that it was much less time-consuming it was much more accurate and much nicer to do when I looked at the directions. That is something that goes against the grain of the majority of males in the country, and a lot of females for that matter, too. Think about driving down the road. Don't know where you're going. Even if you have your hyper webnet drive phone and you've got it all dialed in, sometimes they're not right. Trust me, uh, I've, I've gotten into places that... I shouldn't have been St. Louis, Missouri, by the the arch, the St. Louis arch. There's some interesting alleys down there. I'll, I'll tell you that. found that out on my trip to Georgia a couple of years ago. In any case, why is there a running joke about men stopping and asking for directions? What is so hard about stopping at a gas station or the local stop and rob and asking for directions? Uh, could you tell me how to get to, to the local Walmart store because I need to buy a, a desk that I'm not going to read the directions when I put together. Something as simple as that. 
why is that so hard? Does it show weakness? Is that what we're so concerned about? And, and does it really show weakness? Or is that just in our own heads? Uh, I think the majority of spouses in the country would be much happier if those of us who have the tendency not to would actually stop and ask for directions. I think that would save a lot of marital strife uh, in the entire nation. So maybe it's that simple. Just stop and ask for directions. You know, and the mantra that, that kind of came out of this whole process for me was put to me very succinctly one day by a fellow coworker as we were looking to try and do something. And he walked up and he said, well, that, that looks like a mess. And I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through it, though. I'm muddling through. It'll be fine. And he said, RTFD. I said, well, what do you mean? And he looked down and he had noticed that in the, in the box of this item that I was putting together were the directions. And obviously, I hadn't looked at them. And he looked at me again and said very slowly, R-T-F-D. And I said, oh, okay, I'll bite. What, what? He said, read the fucking directions. And I looked at him and I said, well, I don't, I don't need the directions. And he said, oh, really? Well, that piece A that you just put on to piece B, that actually goes on piece D and not piece A. Huh. Really? Yeah, he said. He said RTFD and turned around and walked away. And sure enough, I pulled out the directions and looked. Sure enough, he was right. Um, he'd had the experience of putting one of those together before. And, and while he could have sat there and helped me, he chose not to because that was the only way that I would learn. And, and he knew that. You know, he knew that. He knew that making mistakes is the, is the best way to, to learn. But directions are just another way of, of being helped out. And so whether it's reading documentation, whether it's looking stuff up on the interweb, whether it's seeking out a subject matter expert, right? My, my buddy who was a, a tile guy, utilize those resources because life becomes that much easier. It becomes that much less frustrating. It becomes that much more efficient. And when you do that, each and every time that you reach out and you ask for help in whatever way it is, as I said earlier, you were priming yourself for when the going gets really tough. And if you have this automatic response, which is, okay, things are getting tough, I'm going to ask for help, then it's that much easier. And in those times of crisis, it's almost automatic. So just like training for a marathon and preparing your body and your mind, we need to train ourselves to reach out when we need help. And even with the simple things, because you know, the simple things can add up. For instance, I was talking earlier about getting something out of the back of a pickup truck. You know, it you might be able to get that, that lawnmower out of the back of the pickup truck. You might be able to get that, that heavy piece of, of metal out of the back of the pickup truck by yourself. But what happens when you drop it on your foot? What happens when you blow your back out? Now you're looking at significant injury, potentially. You could be looking at being out of work and not being able to help provide for your family. 
I know that's doomsday stuff, but it happens all the time. In fact, there was a gentleman that I worked for at one of the fire departments who will remain nameless, but uh, he happened to be a battalion chief, right? Years and years and years on the job. And uh, he was up putting up Christmas lights one year, and he was up on the, the second story, and or at the second story on the ladder, and he slipped and fell, and he injured his shoulder terribly to the point where he was on light duty because he'd injured his shoulder and couldn't meet the all of the demands of the job. And so while he was on light duty because his agency provided that and knew how to provide that and was smart enough to provide that for their employees, he was still not able to do his full full job. And so he did have a loss of pay to a certain extent. And so that's something that I think about is that if I can't go do my job, on a daily basis, which is a pretty physical job currently uh, in the in the role that I'm in, then I can't help provide for my family. And you know, my my wife and I went through that not too long ago, where both of us were were at reduced pay for various reasons, and it's not fun. So just merely by not asking for help, that could lead to something significant and a significant stressor. So if you have to be patient and you have to wait for somebody to come give you a hand, if you have to run the risk of inconveniencing somebody for a little while, you know, taking time out of their day to come help you. But you and I both know that's going to be reciprocal, right? Nine times out of ten. Now there always is like that one, one out of ten is always that person who continually asks for help and asks for help and asks for help. And suddenly when you need help, they're nowhere to be found. You know, you run that risk and you find out who those people are and you avoid them like the plague. So, But the whole point is to train yourself to get into the habit. It's a, it's a habit and that's the thing. So I think the, the best thing to, to remember is get into the habit, ask for help when you need help, and above all else, if you learn nothing from this podcast, please learn this, R-T-F-D. Thanks for sharing your time with me. I greatly appreciate it. I hope to have you back for the next episode and I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Trusting is one thing I don't know. When it comes to the campaigning men But I'll meet you at the election When I vote for the hope of this land Carry on Carry on